Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And my friends, in the sixth chapter of the book of Galatians, as the Apostle Paul was bringing that letter to a close, he made an absolutely wonderful statement. After showing throughout the letter the uselessness and the vanity of glorying in fleshly things, he wrote in verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. It is obvious that this passage was the source of inspiration for the words of the song in the cross of Christ I glory. Its words are striking. It says, In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. All the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. When the woes of life o'ertake me, hopes deceive and fears annoy, Never shall the cross forsake me, though it glows with peace and joy. When the sun of bliss is beaming light and love upon my way, from the cross the radiant streaming adds new luster to the day. Bane and blessing, pain and pleasure, by the cross are sanctified. Peace is there that knows no measure, joys that through all time abide. I tell you what, I believe we could talk for hours and not exhaust the reasons why Paul said he would glory in the cross. They are the same reasons why you and I can find glory there if we are Christians. And let's talk about some of those reasons in this episode. My friends, Christians can glory in the cross of Christ because Jesus endured it. I'd like to go to Hebrews chapter 12 and look at verses 1 and 2. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the writer wrote, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We as Christians can glory in the fact that Jesus endured the cross, took the harshness and cruelty of it, thought lightly of its shame, and made that sacrifice for us. Understand that the death of the Lord on the cross epitomized obedience, the Hebrew writer also told us, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of obedience unto all them that obey him. This was the Son of God. 
the very one responsible for creation. Yet he voluntarily accepted the stigma of the cross for no reason but to redeem us, for no reason other than his love. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 8 puts it so well with these words, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So yes, my friends, Christians should glory in the cross and that Jesus was willing to endure it in the first place. Consider this as well. In no other way is the love of God shown more forcefully than it is at the cross of Jesus. There God gave his only begotten son to die for man. Can we fathom that? I don't think so. Surely we can glory in the cross when we think about the great love there that was manifested. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, Paul wrote the following, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not only did God the Father love us to the extent that he gave his only begotten Son to die for us, but Jesus was also willing to do that. In John 15 and verse 13, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What kind of love then did Jesus have to die for all, for those who were his friends and for those who hated him, spit upon him, beat him, crucified him, and for those today who deny, resist, and ridicule him? Love flows from the cross. Do we see the love of God? It is painted in the blood of Jesus on the cross for us to glory in. It reminds me so much of the words of the song, He Loved Me So. They say, Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly birth? Because he loved me so. Why did he drink the bitter cup of sorrow, pain, and woe? Why on the cross be lifted up? Because he loved me so. Till Jesus comes, I'll sing his praise and then to glory go, and live with him through endless days, because he loved me so. My friends, Christians can glory in the cross because by it and through it, the barrier between Jew and Gentile was broken down. For centuries, the law of Moses had stood as a wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. This barrier was leveled, broken down, in the death of Christ on the cross. I have been in congregations where we see the magnificent result of that breaking down of the barrier as Jew and Gentile together were in one body. In Ephesians chapter 2, we'll read verses 13 through 16, which tell us the following. 
But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, we are told that Christ took that old law out of the way, nailing it to his cross. How did Paul put it in Galatians chapter 3 verses 28 and 29? He said, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That is not all. Christians should glory in the cross of Christ, for it was there that the purchase price was paid for the church. Paul told the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. The blood of Jesus, shed on the cross, was the purchase price of the church. Probably above all else, the cross represents the true value of the church. The scriptures tell us without the shedding of blood there is no remission in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Again in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 18 and 19 we find, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, my friends, the same blood that cleanses a sinner from his or her sins and redeems them from the slavery to Satan is the blood that purchased the church of Christ. And Christians can glory in the cross of Christ for it is there that we find reconciliation. Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 tells us, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The truth is that sin separates man from God. It severs that wonderful fellowship we have with him before we violate his law. We were in Romans 5 earlier looking at verses 6 through 8. But verse 10 tells us, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Remember from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Because of the death of Jesus on the cross, you and I and all who will obey him can be made children of God, brought back into fellowship with God that we broke when we sinned, but we can be reconciled. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, Paul wrote the following, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. And you, 
that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. It is a great and wonderful thing to have such reconciliation with God, to be able to go back where we belong. And when you think about that, you can see why we should glory in the cross of Christ. Finally, Christians can glory in the cross for the world in us is crucified by it. It was by the cross that the world crucified our Lord Jesus. And it is also by the cross that the world is crucified. Now you may ask, what in the world does he mean by that? Simply this, every follower of Jesus must accept the cross, meaning complete and absolute obedience to the will of Jesus to be well-pleasing to God. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. This means that a disciple must turn from the world and to the Lord to serve him. Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We can see further connection between our salvation and the cross by reading Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. Can there be any question why Christians should glory in the cross? If you're not a Christian, believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of the living God, because he is. Allow that belief to move you on to repentance, where you will do a 180 degree turn, change from the sinful life that you have been living to a life of holiness, to a life of sweetness. Be willing to confess your faith in Jesus as the Lord, just like the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts chapter 8, and then be buried in water, immersed in baptism for the remission of your sins, according to Acts chapter 2 verse 38, and you'll rise up out of that water born again, a new creature, a Christian, a member of the body of Christ. Important things to think about. Indeed, the most important things to think about. Thanks for listening.